Praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be in the house this morning. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 22. You know, it's hard for man to let go. For mankind, for humanity, to relinquish control, to surrender, to submit, to come under the reign and rulership of another, to yield life and living to the lordship of one greater. It really is to admit need, to admit dependence. And we see it from a young age, and if we're honest, we know the struggle. We know the pride and the unsubmissive nature of humanity. There could be many reasons. The fight against letting go. There could be many excuses. And we know the reality that there are these in abundance. Job 22, beginning of verse 21. Now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. Receive, please, instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Then you will lay your gold in the dust and the gold of among the stones of the brooks. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. For then you will have your delight in the Almighty and lift up your face to God. You will make your prayer to Him. He will hear you. And you will pay your vows. You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. The NIV UK, submit to God and be at peace with Him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. A life that only He can give us. A life that He welcomes each and every one of us into, should we choose to surrender and let go. The message reads, give in to God, come to terms with Him, and everything will turn out just fine. Let Him tell you what to do. Take His words to heart. Come back to God Almighty, and He'll rebuild your life. The greatest life we can know is the life fully surrendered to the Lord. Where we let go, holding nothing back. Andrew Murray said how different our standard is from Christ's. We ask how much a man gives. Christ asks how much he keeps. To surrender, to choose the Jesus life, 
to take Him as Lord and Savior. Giving up control that He might have His perfect way. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 22. Now, as He was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before Him and asked Him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loves him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The counsel of Christ and the call. Jesus pinpointed the one thing this individual was holding on to, clinging to. The very thing he couldn't let go of. This a stumbling block should he follow. And Jesus knows the very thing, things each individual would grip tightly rather than let go of. You say, how's that fair? The young rich ruler called him good teacher. He knew the commandments. The record reads that he kept the commandments from his youth. And Jesus looks at him, loving him, and says to him, One thing you lack the dealings of Christ. The counsel and the call. Reading from the book of Matthew, Matthew 19, verses 20 to 22, J.B. Phillips' New Testament. I have carefully kept all these, returned the young man. What is still missing in my life? Then Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go now and sell your property and give the money away to the poor. You will have riches in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard that, he turned away, crestfallen, for he was very wealthy. The message paraphrased, the young man said, I've done all that. What's left? And that's the question.
what's left? Remember those words, how different our standard is from Christ's. We ask how much a man gives, Christ asks how much he keeps. Whatever it might be, this struggle is real. And this is the struggle. We cry, I've done all that. And yet, let's finish the line. I've done all that. What's left? And when he answers, what will our response be? You see, the Bible records that Jesus loved him. Mark 10, 21, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said to him, One thing thou lackest. The living Bible, Jesus felt genuine love for this man as he looked at him. You lack only one thing. And it's with love and in love that Jesus speaks to us and answers us concerning that which we haven't let go of, that which we can't let go of, won't let go of. And when he hits the nail on the head, are we those that turn and walk away crestfallen? We know what it was for the young rich ruler. I asked today, what might it be for us? Concerning us. Jesus knew what was needed, what this young man needed to let go. He hit the nail on the head. He pinpointed the one thing, one thing thou lackest. One thing. Was it fear? Was it need for security? I wonder if there were future days, moments, at this young man where he couldn't shake it. If I just have let go. From the book of Mark, Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. A call to let go and follow Come follow me, says Jesus. Take up the cross and follow me. How do you take up the cross when your hands are gripping something else so tightly? How do you follow when something's preventing you, when something is holding you back, when something has its grip on you? How might you follow fully 
Is there something we can't give up? Something we can't let go of? Or would we reply to the words of Jesus asking, how much? You know, it was quite the question. Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Have you asked the question? You see, Christianity is not something we can do or add to our lives. What Christianity really is, is the way of complete surrender. It is the letting go of all things, the giving over of all things to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, holding nothing back. He knows that which we are holding back. He knows the thing or things that aren't really surrendered to him. This young man wasn't, wasn't sure of his salvation. Is eternal life granted to those that at his call would choose rather to hang on to what they have than let go? This may be a hard portion of text for us to wrap our minds around, and yet it's in the book, and it's the dealings of Christ. This young man did not lack morality. We read it. I've fallen, I've kept all these things concerning commandments. He did not lack morality He did not lack outward religion. Nor can I suppose that this young man lacked becoming respect for whatsoever was pure and lovely and of good report. This young man did not lack orthodoxy. He did not lack sincerity. He did not lack zeal. And yet he comes to Jesus, he's not quite sure <laughs> of where he's at. What must I do to inherit eternal life? You see, going through motions and acting out the part is not enough. Christianity is not something we simply do. Going to church on Sundays is not enough. Trying to live that commandment life, follow some laws, it's not enough. He wasn't quite sure, and so he says, good teacher. He's really saying, Jesus, what must I do? I'm not quite sure. I share these words today, this young man, he was exceedingly thoughtful. Half the battle with many men is to make them think, even if they think wrongly. It is almost better for them to think in the most crooked manner than not to think at all. 
The men least likely to be saved are they who go about their business or their pleasures and will not imagine that they have time for thought. But here was a thoughtful man. He had studied the law and he had tried to keep it. He was now something more than thoughtful. He was anxious. What lack I yet? As if he felt there was something he did not know. And he would fain know what it was. He was not so self-righteous as some have fancied he was. He had a self-righteous head, but he had a seeking heart. His head made him think that he had kept the law, but his heart told him that he had not. For he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Which he would not have said if he had believed that he had religion enough to inherit it. He said, what lack I yet? Which I think he would not have said if he had not known that he did lack something, though he knew not what. Did this young man lack willingness? He thought he did not. What lack I yet, Jesus? But he knew there was something. He must have felt it. He questioned. Himself, his living, his manner of life. Further words, one thing thou lackest. What was the one thing that this young man lacked? It was the full surrender of his heart to God in Christ. He had not done that. Our Savior gave him, therefore, a command which tested him. He bade him go, sell all that he had, and distribute it to the poor. This is not a command which he gives to all men, but he gave that particular command to that particular young man according to his particular circumstances because he saw that he was not the man that could endure to be poor. He saw, too, that he had made his riches his idol. The Savior, seeing that his wealth was in his heart and that he had loved it better, then he did his God, said to him, Part with your wealth, for if you are decided for God and your heart is wholly his, you will prove it by your readiness, by the readiness of your obedience. Here then was the thing he lacked. He lacked the full surrender of his heart to God's will. And so he went away sorrowing, for he had great possessions. Now in this the young man failed. He could not so give himself up wholly to God. He could not at that time at any rate so give himself up as to be completely Christ's servant. Now no man who fails in this respect can enter heaven. Christ will save you. But a part of the agreement, part of the agreement on your part, 
must be this. You are not your own, but are bought with a price. If you would have Christ's blood to redeem you, you must give up to Christ yourself, your body, your soul, your spirit, your substance, your talents, your time, your all. You must from this day be Christ's servant. Come, what may. That's the invitation of Jesus. Yet humanity has this struggle to let go. The standard's so different from the standard of Christ. We ask how much. How much must I give? And he's asking, how much are you going to keep? Is he saying to us now, one thing you lack? Are we asking him now, what do I lack? What is still missing in my life? You know, I don't know about you, but if something is still missing in my life, I want him to tell me. I want him to look on me in love and tell me, the one thing that would hinder me from following? Should I be in the right concerning morality, outward religion, respect for whatsoever is pure and lovely and of a good report, full of sincerity and zeal? Luke 18, beginning of verse 18, Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? It's shocking that more of humanity isn't asking the question. (laughs) They don't even think. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Let's take this in today. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, Who then can be saved? But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, see, we have left all. We've left our own and followed you. So he said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time 
and in the age to come, eternal life. The eye of a needle. The door just got narrower. The entrance. I mean, if you've ever tried, it's hard enough getting thread through the eye of a needle, let alone a camel. And what a frayed thread. Perhaps the message should be titled, Leave All and Follow, or Leave It All Behind. Perhaps we are like the disciples, even now greatly astonished, saying to ourselves, who then can be saved? With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. There is a way through the eye of the needle. Let go. The eye of a needle likened to the entrance to the kingdom of God. These are the words of Jesus. Can't you see it? The picture of us holding on to whatever it is, trying to get us and all of whatever it is through the eye of a needle. The word of the Lord today, let go of it all. Give them your life, your thread of a life. Slip through the eye of the needle. And all that you let go of, know that the Lord will take care of you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything will work out. Echo the words of Peter today. See, we have left all and followed you. And hear the voice of your Lord and Savior. Assuredly, I say to you, that there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come, eternal life. Reading from the book of Matthew, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Whatever it is, let go. Let go, come, take up the cross and follow him. And if we've been walking with the Lord, and if anything has become as the idol of the young rich ruler, there is lack. Lay it down today. Let go. 
Let's have the worship team return. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 to 14. Make these your own words today. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let go. Take up the cross and follow. You know, today is another Glorious day in the house. Men and women, who have repented, made a decision to follow, and now have made the decision to be water baptized. to surrender, to come before the church, the body of believers. And some have gathered here today that perhaps don't know Jesus. They've come to witness a loved one or a friend. This is a serious moment, a holy moment, where they enter the waters of baptism, this watery grave, and they... Now make a public declaration of faith. Repent. What's left, Lord? What's missing in my life? Repent. Be baptized. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is the pattern fitting for all believers. And so today we witness the next step in the lives of these. Having repented, now here to be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Even Jesus himself surrendered to the waters of baptism.
when he said it's fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And so, we're here to witness as these men and women continue to follow in the steps of their Savior. Let's stand today for a moment. Lord, we give you glory. We just commit this time to you. We thank you that we can be in the house. We thank you for this miracle time, this moment in history. Lord, we give you all the glory today. We pray that your name would be magnified, lifted high. How we love you, Jesus.